Well, good morning. Everybody doing good today? Come on, anybody excited to be at church today? All right, about half of you. We are off to a great start. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you have a student, get your student signed up for the uh, trip on March the 7th. Also, we'll be giving you more information in the future uh, about the student conference that they're going to be going to this summer. Uh, it'll be three days uh, just gathered with other students all across the state, and uh, it's going to be a great time. And then, ladies, get registered for Pink Impact today or this week. Um, this week is really the uh, the cutoff for that, and so if you want to go sometime this week, you need to get online and get registered and uh, get that paid for so that you can be a part of that. They always have a great time. Uh, I just hear about it. I don't ever get to go because I am not a chick, but... Uh, it's always a great time. <laughs> it's always a great time, and so get registered for that. And if this is your first time here, maybe you haven't been here in a while, uh, we are currently in part seven of a series that we're calling Progress. And I want to encourage you, for the sake of time today, I'm not going to go back through all of the messages that we've had up to this point, but you can go back on the website and you can watch those, or you can go on the podcast and get the audio and check those out. I think those will be a blessing to you. They'll encourage you. They'll challenge you. That's what we're all about in this series uh, that we've simply called Progress. And so check those out. And today for part seven, I want to talk to you on this subject. If you're taking notes or if you're on the Bible app, you can get the notes on there. This message is called Release the Pressure. Release the Pressure. Now, I was thinking um, about this this cooker that we have in our house. Has anybody ever cooked with a pressure cooker? Come on, where are my pressure cookers at? Pressure cooker. I don't fully understand this thing and what all the buttons do. My wife can attest to this. I I have tried to use it once or twice, and it it just doesn't it doesn't work out well. Um, but apparently, we love this in our culture. The fact that you can take something that would normally take like four hours and cook it in 45 minutes because of all this pressure that builds up in there and it just cooks it a whole lot faster, right? It's kind of like you go through the drive-thru and, and you want your food very, very quickly, right? You ever been at the drive-thru at McDonald's? Some of you are like, I don't eat a McDonald's. But you've been at the drive-thru at McDonald's and you go through and you're like, wow, I've been here longer than three minutes. What is the deal with this McDonald's? This is taking way, way, way too long and it always blows my mind because you can show up at Chick-fil-A and somehow Chick-fil-A Chick-fil-A. Come on, anybody like some Chick-fil-A, God's chicken? Come on. <laughs> you can go to Chick-fil-A and the drive through line will be three quarters of a mile long at all points of the day. I mean, people are just eating Chick-fil-A all the time. It's not even just lunch rush. You can go at 2 o'clock and it's three quarters of a mile long. But somehow you're out of there in five minutes, right? I mean, you just they got people out there taking orders at multiple places and you get through there and you just, it just, I don't know how they do it, but they have a great system to pull that off. But I was thinking about these pressure cookers and on the back of the pressure cooker that we have, there is this knob, there's this valve, so all this pressure builds up, and then at a certain point, you, you turn this knob just a little bit, and it starts to release all the pressure that was built up inside of this cooker, uh, and, and so I was thinking about this idea, and I want to I mention two, two different types of pressure that you've probably felt in your life, because most of us that are here today have felt some kind of pressure at some point in your life. There are really two types of pressure. One of them is the type of pressure that God allows because he's developing something in you. And some of us have felt this pressure, and we get frustrated sometimes in this pressure. 
and we're trying to pray our way out of this pressure, but God is trying to reassure us that I'm the one who allowed this in your life so that I can make something great out of you, right? I was thinking about this this last week, that grapes have to be crushed to make wine, right? Olives have to be pressed to release oil, and diamonds form under pressure. So for some of you, God's trying to develop you. God's trying to do something in you that will make you better than what you were that will, you know, really bring this diamond out of the inside of you. And some of us are frustrated and we're trying to pray our way out of the process that God's trying to keep us in so that he can develop in us. So that's one type of pressure. And then the second type of pressure is really where we're going to spend the majority of our time today. And it's the pressure that we put on ourselves or that we build up in our own lives. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you did it. You did it. You did it. You did it. It's the type of pressure that you caused to happen. It's the kind of pressure that you're sitting in church today realizing that after, hopefully after this message, you're going to be like, that was, I did it. I did it. It was all on me. And I think the Holy Spirit wants to release some pressure in our lives that we have built up in some different areas, whether it's, you know, this need to have to be perfect all the time or trusting in our own abilities or worrying about things that we can't control or fearing people or fearing the worst in situations. Come on, many of us have already been there many times in our lives. And so while there is this form of pressure that is good for us, that God uses to develop us, for some of us, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to use this message to release the pressure that you have built up inside yourself. And so what I want to do for the next few minutes is give you four statements that show you what, and then show you what God's Word says about each one of these four statements. And I believe these are four different ways that we build up pressure in our own lives. This is not necessarily the type of pressure that God is allowing that you need to stay in so he can develop you. These are things and statements and things that we do that cause pressure in our lives that the Holy Spirit is wanting to release us from today. Are you with me? And so here is statement number one, and we're going to talk about it for just a few moments. It's simply this, that Jesus is perfect. You are a work in progress. Jesus is perfect. You're a work in progress. Come on, look at your spouse next to you. If you're sitting next to your spouse, tell them you're a piece of work. You're a piece of work. God's working on you. You're a work in progress. You're a work in progress. I think sometimes we start to feel defeated in life because we have the wrong focus. Let me tell you what I mean by the wrong focus. Too often we're striving after perfection instead of the one who is perfect. We're striving after perfection in our lives and always having the right thing to say and always having the right attire whenever we come to church. And every time somebody asks you when you come to church, how are you today? You're just blessed and highly favored and you didn't feel blessed three days ago. You were struggling with something three days ago. And we have this pressure that we build up in our lives that we can't be real with people because we have to be perfect. But I came today to tell you that Jesus is perfect, but you're a work in progress. <laughs> Nobody will be surprised whenever you start talking about what you've been through this week. Oh, really? You ought to hear what I've been through this week. We're all a work in progress. Many times we're more focused on doing better than we are on the one who can help us do better. We sometimes get more focused on getting everything right than we do on the one who can actually help us get things right. And when our focus in and striving is off, when this is off in our lives, it leads to built-up pressure in our lives. The pressure to be perfect, the pressure to have it all together, the pressure to always have the answer, the pressure to be all things to all people. But here's what the Bible says 
about you and me. Just a few verses I want us to look at here on statement number one, point number one today. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Many of us have read this or heard this before. It simply says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. I love the Amplified Bible and how it translates this. It says that we continually fall short. Continually fall short. That means that you are never going to be perfect. You will continually fall short. Why? Because we live in a fallen, broken world. Jesus is perfect, but you are a work in progress. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 20 says, Not a single person on earth is always good and never sins. Not a single person on earth is always good and never sins. You're not always good. And you don't live your life perfect and free from sin. There's nobody who can live this way. No one on earth is perfect. We're all a work in progress. Come on, touch your neighbor and tell them, you're not perfect. You're not perfect. You're not perfect. You're not perfect. Philippians 1.6, I love what Paul says. He says, I am convinced and confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. Here is the GMV, the Gabe Miller version of that scripture. You are going to be a work in progress until the day that Jesus comes back. You are never going to be perfect. You will be a work in progress until the day that Jesus comes back. But here's the good news, Paul says. But listen, but God is working it out in you day after day, making you more like Jesus, growing you in your faith. You're taking steps and making progress in your life. But listen, when we put the pressure on us to always have it right and be perfect in everything and, and please everybody and be all things to all people, it, it just builds up unnecessary pressure that the Holy Spirit's trying to release out of your life today. Listen, I didn't call you to be perfect. I called you to make progress. I called you to put more focus on the one who is perfect than you are on trying to be perfect. Because when we focus on the things that we don't do that we want to do or the things that we do do that we don't want to do, we do more of the things that we don't want to do. But when we get our focus on the one who is perfect, he begins to change our lives and we can make progress. Are you with me? Perfection is something that will be achieved only when we get to heaven one day. But in the meantime, God is working on us to continue to make progress. I believe if you've become too focused on being perfect or doing better or always getting it right, the Holy Spirit wants to release that pressure today. So statement number one, Jesus is perfect. You're a work in progress. Here's statement number two for somebody today. God can handle whatever you're worried about. God is big enough to handle whatever you're worried about. Does anybody at church today struggle with worry? Come on, let's just be let's just be real at church today. You struggle with worry. Come on, let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. Everybody look around, look around, look around, look around, look around. We all struggle with worry. We're all we're all struggling with some form of worry. Some of us every single day. Well, what what if I lose my job? What if that person becomes president? What if my kids turn out to be rebellious? What if we fail? What if I get married and then he or she turns out to be crazy? What if I get in a wreck? What if that deal doesn't go through, right? 
Some of us are making decisions in our life to not do things and do certain things based on the worry that we say, what if I go to work and I lose my job? What if, what if this happens? What if the deal doesn't go through? What if, what if, what if I find out, oh, they're crazy? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And we're worried a lot of times about things that we cannot even control. And here's what I know about worry. That worry is something that keeps many of us from progressing in life. We're not making the progress that God desires for us to make because we're so worried about what's going to happen in the process of making progress or whatever God is doing in our life. Worry keeps us from stepping out in faith. Worry keeps us from experiencing the life that Jesus died to give us. Some of us are not experiencing life to the full like Jesus intends for us to because we are worried all the time. We're always worried about something. And here's what Jesus said about worry in Matthew chapter 6. And I want maybe you want to count how many times he brings up the word worry and tells us not to worry. But starting in verse 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, stop being worried or anxious, perpetually uneasy or distracted about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body as to what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow seed nor reap the harvest nor gather the crops into barns. And yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you by worrying, this is a word for somebody today, who of you by worrying can add one hour to the length of your life? And why are you worried about clothes? See how the lilies and wildflowers of the field grow? They do not labor nor do they spend wool to make clothing. Yet I say to you that you that not even Solomon in all his glory and splendor dressed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive and green today and tomorrow is cut and thrown as fuel into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry or be anxious, perpetually uneasy or distracted, saying, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what if my marriage falls apart? Or what if I lose my job? Or what if this happens in the world? Or what if I, what if I, what if I, what are you going to wear? For the pagan Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, but do not worry. For your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first and foremost, most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. The attitude and character of God and all these things will be given to you also. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I tell you what I feel like Jesus is trying to tell us through these 11 or 12 verses? And I can sum it up really what I think in about two sentences. He says, don't worry I'm going to take care of you because I care about you. Some of us have, have missed something along the way or we have gotten our thinking and our perspective off. And, and, and we are so worried because we don't necessarily believe in our hearts that God really cares that much about us, that he would take care of us. Do you believe that God cares for you? 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him. Why? For he cares about you. And not only does he care about you, he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. 
isn't it encouraging to know, doesn't it do good to your heart and your anxiety and your worry to know that there is a God that you serve that watches over you very carefully? Some of you feel like, I don't know I, I don't know if God even sees me right now. I'm so worried about what's going on in my life. I'm so worried about what's going on in the world. I'm so worried about what's going on in my marriage. I'm so worried about my kids. I'm so worried about all of these different things. And God says, I see you. I see you. Not only do I see you, I watch over you very, very carefully. And there's not anything going on in your life that I didn't see coming. There's not anything going on in your life that I can't take care of. See, worry shows a lack of faith in God. Really, worry in a way, it says this. It says, I don't believe that God sees me or cares about me. When we make the decision to worry, especially about things that we can't even control, it's like we're saying, God, I don't think that you can fix this. God, I don't think that you can come through in this. God, I don't think that you see me where I'm at. God, I don't think that you're able to do this, so I'm going to worry about it. I'm going to worry about it. But God can handle whatever you're worried about. I was thinking um, just a couple of weeks ago, we were in Florida, and and uh, it was crazy because we left here, and, and we flew there, and when we got there, it was like 85 degrees and sunny for the whole time we were there, and we flew back into Dallas, and we got here, it was like 41 degrees and cloudy and kind of rainy, and we were like, what in the world just happened? But one thing I was thinking about is how before we left, I was constantly checking the weather, checking the weather. Is it going to rain? What if it rains? What are we going to do if it rains? Where are we going? We're going to have to switch days, and we're going to have to do this, and we're going to we're gonna have to rearrange this and do this or whatever. And and many of us, though, uh, many of us are not as concerned. The weather is something that none of us have any control over. And for the most part in our lives, we don't worry that much about the weather. We just get up and check it, and whatever's going on in the weather, we dress accordingly, we plan accordingly, we grab the right things accordingly. We just go with whatever the weather is for that day. We're not worried about the weather in advance. We're not worried about the meteorological future of what's going to happen with the weather. And more, more, I was thinking about this, more picnics, if you think about picnics, more picnics are probably ruined by worry than by rain. And I started thinking about our trip, and I was like, I was so worried about something that I couldn't even control. And instead of just going and enjoying the trip and enjoying this, like, got to check the weather. What's the temperature going to be like today? What do we need to dress like? Or do we need an umbrella? Is it going to rain? Do we need to switch days and all this stuff? And I'm like, I can't even control it. Why am I so worried about something that I can't even control? Worry, it just, it has this way of saying, I don't believe that God sees me. I don't believe that God cares about me. I don't believe that God can do what he says he can do. And knowing that God cares about you and that he watches over you very carefully, as his word says and tells us, it releases the pressure that worry builds up in our lives. Some of you are so worried and you have built up unnecessary pressure inside of you because you are so worried all the time about things that you really don't even have any control over. And God is saying to you today, I care about you enough to take care of you. I care about you enough. You see the flowers, they're beautiful, you're more important than that. You see the birds, they're awesome, you're more important than that. You see all of these things that you think are beautiful, you're more important than that. I will take care of you. So here's statement number three today. Another area of our lives where we build up unnecessary worry. It's, it's this, you were not given a spirit of fear. You were not given a spirit of fear. Well, I know that, Gabe. I know. I, I, 
I know that, and we're going to read it in just a moment, 2 Timothy 1, 7, I'm not giving a spirit of fear. Do you actually live out the fact that you were not given a spirit of fear? It does not come from God. You were not given a spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. Check this out. I love this version. Abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Many of us are not making the progress in our lives that God desires for you to make. Whether it be in your career, spiritually, growing in your faith, whatever it is. Because you are paralyzed by fear. You are paralyzed by fear. And God says, I did not give you a spirit of fear. Here's the spirit that I gave you. Could it, could it be possible that some of us aren't making progress because we are not operating out of the spirit that results in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control? Does anybody in the room today think that it would sound pretty great to operate out of this well-balanced, calm mind, not being anxious, not being fearful? Does that sound good to anybody? You can actually have that because that's what God gives you. But so often we have opened ourselves up to the spirit of fear. Maybe something happened to you and it made you fearful from that moment forward. Maybe, maybe something is going on in your life and, it, and it's got you fearful. But listen, God is saying, listen, I didn't give you that. I didn't give you that. What I'm trying to give you, what God wants to give you today that releases this pressure that you are putting on yourself is a spirit that, that, that has the ability to, to have a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. That's the spirit that God has given you. I think about Joshua when I think about fear. And Joshua chapter 1 and how many times, you know, over and over the Lord tells him, do not fear, be strong and courageous. Do not fear, be strong and courageous. Don't, don't fear anything. And, and I was thinking about, do you, do you think that Joshua might have had a few reasons to fear? I don't know if you've ever read the story of Joshua and Moses has just died and the Lord speaks to Joshua and says, Moses, my servant is dead and now it's your turn. And I can imagine me, I'm like, you know, Moses is pretty cool. Moses did some pretty incredible things through the power of God and now it's my turn? I might be a little fearful. I think that there is a reason why the book of Joshua starts off with all of this be strong and courageous. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't fear. I think about the, the children of Israel and and another reason they had to be fearful, they, they, they've never done what they're about to do before. You know, the instruction is you're going to go over and you're going to take the land that I have promised for years and years and years. You're going to take it. We've never done that before. We've never, we've, never, we've never gone into these battles before. We've never done anything like that before. I wonder, have you ever been fearful because of something that you know you needed to do, but you'd never done it before? And you knew that it was what God wanted you to do, but you'd never done it before. And so fear paralyzes you. It paralyzes you. And then I think about how they weren't really sure how God was going to come through. They didn't know how God was going to give them all of the land that he had promised them. And I think about all the times in our lives when we're fearful and we don't obey God. We want to obey God, but fear, you know, it, it paralyzes and it keeps us from doing what God told us to do because we don't get it. We don't understand it. We don't know how it's going to turn out. We don't know what the end result's going to be. And so we're fearful. And we don't do anything because we're fearful. And then we're, we're frustrated because we're not making progress in our lives and we're not going deeper in our relationship with God. And we don't feel like we can hear the voice of God. And God says, listen, you've just paralyzed yourself by fear. And I did not give you that. I didn't give you a spirit that makes you afraid. 
And this is what it says in Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1. It says, Moses was the Lord's servant, and Joshua, son of Nun, was Moses' helper. After Moses died, the Lord spoke to Joshua and said, My servant Moses is dead. Now you and all these people must grow across, go across the Jordan River. You must go into the land I am giving to the Israelites. I promised Moses that I would give you this land, so I will give you all the land wherever you go. All the land from the desert to Lebanon, all the way to the great river that is the Euphrates River, and all the land of the Hittites will be yours. And all the land from, where the, from here to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, that is the place where the sun sets, will be within your borders. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. No one will be able to stop you all your life. I will not abandon you. I will never leave you. Joshua, you must be strong and brave. You must lead these people so that they can take their land. I promised their fathers that I would give them this land. But you must be strong and brave about obeying the commands my servant Moses gave you. If you follow his teachings exactly, you will be successful in everything you do. Always remember what is written in that book of law. Speak about that book and study it day and night. Then you can be sure to obey what is written there. If you do this, you will be wise and successful in everything you do. Remember, I have commanded you to be strong and brave. Don't be afraid. Why? Because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I love in verse 9 where he says, remember, remember, remember. On Tuesday, remember. Six months from now, remember. Three years from now, remember. You've got to remember that God did not give you a spirit that makes you afraid. And wherever you go, he goes with you. When you're obedient to what God is telling you to do, he always goes with you. Sometimes in order to make true progress in your life, you have to step out with the only guarantee being that God will be with you. Sometimes that's all you're going to get. And we're waiting and we're waiting and we're paralyzed by fear. and We're not doing what God told us to do because we want a guarantee other than the one that God already gave us. And he says, listen, sometimes the only guarantee I'm going to give you is when you step into that thing, I'll be there. When you step into that thing, I'm going with you. I'm walking with you. I'm taking care of you while you're there. That's the only guarantee. Maybe, you know, you have to step into marriage counseling knowing that God will be with you. Or you have to step into that new job knowing that God will be with you. You have to step into that new season of parenting that you didn't see coming knowing that God will be with you. You have to step into that cancer treatment knowing that God will be with you. Knowing that, that God will always be with you releases the pressure that fear builds in our lives. Some of us just need to remind ourselves over and over and over when fear begins to take over. No, God did not give me a spirit of fear. God gave me a spirit that gives me the ability to have a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So I don't have to live out of fear. I don't have to operate out of fear. I don't have to be paralyzed because of fear. I can keep moving forward in what God has for me because he did not give me a spirit of fear. And no matter where I go when I'm following Jesus, he goes with me. And the only guarantee that I need is that when I get there, God's there. On the journey there, God's with me. Because sometimes that's the only guarantee that you'll have. And we can't not obey God. We can't stay paralyzed by fear because the only guarantee that we have is that God will go with us. No, the fact that God goes with you has got to be enough. It's got to be enough to say, I'm going to be obedient regardless because I know God's going with me. I'm going to step into this area because I know God's going with me. I'm going to step into what God's called me to do because I know that he is going with me. 
And the enemy may have convinced you that you have a reason to fear. But I believe that God is saying today that he did not give you that spirit of fear. He does not want you to operate out of that. I want to bring the worship team back today as we jump into the last statement, statement number four, which is this one. Making progress means putting your trust in the right person. Making progress means putting your trust in the right person. Well, what are you talking about? Well, this is where I believe most of us have created the most pressure inside of us. Why is this where we create the most pressure inside of us? Because we put all the pressure on us to understand it, know it, figure it out, know where we're going, have all the insight, have all the answers. See, many of us have put so much trust in ourselves that we are not even moving forward because we only trust in ourselves. If I don't understand it, I'm not doing it. If I don't know where it's leading, I'm not doing it. I believe in me more than I believe in God is what many of us say. I know better than what God knows, and I'm placing my trust in me. And in order to make progress, we have to have our trust in the right person. Some of us, we have made the decision to trust more in ourselves, our knowledge, our own abilities, our own reasoning, instead of placing our trust in the one who knows the end from the beginning. And here's what God's word says that many of us know these couple of verses in Proverbs chapter 3. I want to read it from the Amplified Bible. It says, trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own understanding or insight. Do not rely. On your own understanding or insight. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him who, God, and he will make your path straight and smooth. And check this out, removing obstacles that block your way. Some of you have things and you have walked into 2020 and you want to make progress and you're determined to make progress. And it seems like every step you take, there's an obstacle. And then you take another step and there's something in your way. And this word in Proverbs chapter 3 says, listen, whenever you make the decision to stop relying on you and start relying with 100% confidence in who God is and where God is leading you, that he will make your path straight and he will remove those obstacles that have been standing in your way, that have been in your way, that you have stumbled over time and time again. God will remove that obstacle because he says, you know what? You're trusting in me and not your own ability. So I'm going to make the path clear and I'm going to remove the obstacles and I'm going to continue to lead you where I'm taking you. Even though, why? Because you have so much faith that you don't have to understand where you're going. You don't have to understand where you're going to end up. You just trust in God. God says, when you have that kind of faith, when you have that kind of trust in me that says, I don't have to understand it. I'm not doing this based on my own ability because I know I can't do this. I'm not doing this based on my own understanding because I can never understand it. I don't have the insight to get me from point A to point B in my spiritual walk or in my calling. But I know that if I trust in God, he makes the path straight. And the obstacles that I may come up against, he will remove them when I continue to trust in him and not me. And when I take another step and there's something there, he'll remove that because I'm trusting in him and not me. This is the word of God. So if this is the word of God, why would we ever make decisions 
or not do something based on me, on my abilities, on my understanding, on my insight, on whether or not I think that it'll work, whether or not I think that it will work out, whether or not I think it's going to get me to where I've always wanted to be. Because when we turn from that and we turn to God and say, I've relied 100% on you and I place all of my trust in you, he begins to remove obstacles. Things that you thought you'd never get past, he removes them because you're trusting in him. He removes the things that are in your way. Will you stand to your feet today? Some of you, you've been relying on whether or not that position pays enough to support your family as to whether or not you're going to do it. And that's relying on you. And God's saying today, will you rely more on you or will you rely on me? For some of you, you've been relying on the research that you found out about the sickness that you've been living with to determine what you are and are not going to do. And God says, you're relying on your own understanding. You're relying on your own insight. And if you'll rely on me, I can remove obstacles and I can do things in your life. For some of you, you've been relying on whether or not it makes sense to reach out to the person that you've been at odds with for years and restore the relationship. And God says, you're, 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 you're playing it up in your head and you're trying to understand it all. And God says, I just told you to do it. And you don't know what obstacles I've already removed whenever you make the decision to trust me. You don't know the fact that I've been working on them for the last three months before I ever said anything to you about reaching out to them. We can't trust in our own abilities. For some of you, you've been relying on your on what your bank account says to determine whether or not you should be obedient to what God is asking you to do. God said, do this and step out in this, and you're relying, well, God, it doesn't add up. That's your own ability. That's your own insight. Now, we need to use wisdom. But don't be paralyzed by fear and worry and, and trying to understand everything. If you know that God said to do it, trust in Him. Trust in Him. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. When you step out, the only guarantee you may have is the fact that he'll go with you and he'll be with you and he'll never leave you, forsake you. But can I just encourage you today? That's enough. If the God of the universe says that he'll go with you, that's all I need. That's all I need. I don't need to understand it all. I've got him. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes today? I want to pray before we sing this last song and before I do that I'm just wondering today if there's anybody here today that would be bold enough to say I've built up some pressure in my life I've built up pressure with trying to please people and trying to be perfect and getting my focus off and worrying about things that I can't control and being paralyzed by fear and trusting in my own abilities and whether or not I can do it or whether or not I think I can do it instead of trusting in God so if that's you today, you say, you know what? I need, to, I need to make a shift. I need to release the pressure. I need the Holy Spirit to release this pressure in my life that I have built up in my life. Will you just lift your hand so I can pray for you? All across this room, God, you see every hand. People that are, that are, that are declaring before you that there are things that we've done, things that we've done that has put pressure in our lives, that has built up pressure inside of us. And today we believe 
We believe that you can release it. We believe that you want to release it. But it all starts with not not worrying, not fearing, but placing all of our trust in you. With having the kind of faith that says, no matter what, I'm trusting in you. The only guarantee I need is that you're going with me. And if I know that you're going with me, then I'm going. So God, I pray over every person that is dealing with worry. I pray over every person that's dealing with fear. I pray over every person that feels like they have to have all the answers and they have to be perfect and they have to please everybody around them and be all things to all people. I pray for all of the people in this room right now with hands raised that say they've been relying on their own understanding and their own insight. And today they want those obstacles to be removed by simply placing their trust in you and relying 100% on you. God, your word says that you make the path straight whenever we stop relying on our our own understanding and we start to rely on you. So today, would you give us strength? Would you give us courage? Would you give us everything that we need to walk this out? We know that it'll be a struggle every single day. The enemy's not going to come against us every single day. But Lord, if, if, you're, if you're with us, if you're for us, who could be against us? So Holy Spirit, would you release the pressure today? And as we sing this last song, if there's anybody here, Lord, that needs prayer for anything in their life, a financial need, a marriage need, a a physical need, a sickness that they're going through, and they just want somebody to agree with them, to stand with them, to pray for them, to encourage them. Lord, I pray as the worship team sings this last song that every person that needs prayer would step out of their seat and come for prayer. Holy Spirit, we ask you to draw every person today who needs prayer in Jesus' name.